And welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. This is the winning Warcry segment. We are so happy to have you here with us. Uh, Jason is absent tonight, unfortunately, but we've got two great co-hosts with us tonight. Of course, we have the Salty Sea Dan here with us, and we have the Girth Demon himself, Rob, who has joined our show for the first time. Welcome, Dan and Rob. How's it going? What's up, guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, this is going to be a good show. We are going to talk about uh, Cities of Sigmar, specifically the Castellite hosts, and uh, which is awesome because of their new line of models. Like, it just, I mean, they're they're awesome looking. And so if you want to play some really cool Imperial stuff, um, this is them. And uh, then we're going to be talking about blessings. Like, is it a good thing? And should we continue this? Should it be in Warcry 3.0? Like, what do you guys think? We're going to talk about it. We're going to hit it all. But before we get to that, uh, Rob, why don't you tell us what's on your hobby table right now? My hobby table? Yeah. Uh, I'm currently painting a bunch of monster killers to look like uh, Seraphim Stalkers. So okay. all the furs and the cloaks are, like, drenched in, like, the hot effervescent colors of like seraphim because i pretty much hate these star blood stalkers so you know that's just going to be on their backs and pelts it's been a joy to paint actually after painting cities of uh sigmar uh i can't i can't do another edged line fancy cloak again i just want to keep with my my work boys it's it was hot work boy summer now it's hot work boys winter and that's it i'm gonna keep it there (laughs) dude uh, there's something about banded metal, and and I mean everybody who's listened to the show knows that I hate banded metal so much. Yep. After painting, you know, Red Harvest, and uh, you know, like a cities has got it all over the place on it. You know, like just like oh, this little accoutrement on their shield or or on their gun or like you know, you're just like oh, I mean those little details take a ton of time to paint. You know, you it know? was the killer. It was the neck bib. The neck oh, really? bib doesn't have enough of like a bump to separate it on top of the armor and it's just it is horrible to edge highlight i think i must have done it over like four times screaming at myself about it i i just can't um like steel helms it's like on steel helms like they're simple guys so ornate like just give me the orcs just give me my shirtless boys that's right that's right now do you use um like speed paint stuff or are you kind of a more traditional style painter with them I've only been painting for a little over a year, I think mm-hmm. a year and a half to be exact. And uh, I just kind of mixed the uh, speed paint 2.0s and I just use like the regular base paints on things and that's it. I'm too afraid to touch an airbrush. Everyone's like, it's simple. I, pff, you got to clean that pot, man. That's going to be no good. You should see what my brushes look like. It's a disaster zone. It looks like a preschool. <laughs> they're simple enough, but in my opinion, they're not as fun. Like they don't give you yeah. the same tactile um kind of reward that brush painting does um for some people getting everything done fast is enough of a reward they don't need that that extra little bit but um for me it's just not enjoyable so i don't do it i agree i like the hot like the ombre like the natural blends look mm-hmm. really great with an airbrush and mm-hmm. i think it looks gorgeous but sometimes it looks almost so so well blended that it looks like a mechanical product as opposed to like when someone has a painterly stroke or someone puts a little bit more of themselves in their painting but that's just me being jealous because i can't use it so that's my like it does occasionally i agree that sometimes it looks like mid journey did it 
So yeah. <laughs> that's a very good point. Um, yeah. You know, so the the interesting thing is that, like, so I use both. I mean, I I use a combo. I mean, most of the time, I'm throwing down primer, zenithal highlight, and usually a base coat with um, on something. So it's like if the skin is like the biggest aspect of that. I'll, I'll airbrush skin on there as a base coat, but then I'm usually going in and adding the highlights and stuff like that. Just for the same exact reason that you're talking about, Rob, is like sometimes the blends look too smooth. I mean, they're like so buttery smooth that it's like almost uncanny valley at that po- at a yeah, point. Yeah, you know? that's, that's, like, a that's, just, that's a good one. That's a good one. a little weird, you know, like people don't look like that a lot of times. And so, um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I I love my airbrush because just because I can prime something indoors in the winter time super fast, you know. Um, and so, but I also had like the cheapest brand possible. Like it was like the eighty dollar all in one package included the compressor, and I've replaced my gun twice for like fifteen dollars each time. I mean, it's like the crappiest like airbrush that you could have out there, but it's like a little workhorse for me, you know. So. Um, I recommend it, but I also, you know, am not doing it to do like crazy details that other people are using it for. Like, and I'm I'm not also about to buy like a three hundred dollar Badger gun, just the gun, not even the compressor or anything, right? And I'm like, eh, that's like too much of an investment for me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's all good. Uh, awesome. Well, uh, hopefully your monster killers will be done soon. Yeah, they should be be done probably by the. End of this month, no problem. Two okay. boxes should be done. Nice. Very good. Very good. Very good. All right, Dan, I'm going to pull yours up because it looks like you just finished uh, some stuff for your hobby table. I did. I've been painting Icy Fire Slayers, um, specifically the new Vulcan Flame Seekers. Mm. And they're pretty fun. Um, they've got a lot of cool, cool textures going on that you can kind of mess around with. Um, yeah, no, they've been they've been fun to paint. I also built up some uh, weird brute recas, but uh, actually, it's been too cold lately, so um, I haven't actually primed them. So that is the one thing yeah. that does make a ton of sense for an airbrush. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was it was good. I got these done in the week between Christmas and New Year's, and it was the only warband that I painted all year. Uh, because oh, really? I started Zinch, never finished them. I got about three quarters of the way, but then <laughs> it was up. those Zangors, wasn't it? <laughs> yep, I gave up on the Zangors. I just I painted, I think, four complete Zangors, and that was as far as I got. Um, it was just too torturous. Then I got halfway through painting Jade Obelisk. I got halfway through painting. Um, I still really love them, but uh, Ideneth Deepkin, sort of mm. halfway through this uh, Achelian King here, um, didn't finish that. So then finally, I actually finished something. I did a lot of painting single models before events, but uh, no no complete warbands until I finally did these guys. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, at least you got them done. They look great. I like them. I like your uh, snow take on them. I think I think a lot of people's default are like magma bases, right? Like that's kind yeah, of yeah. Like I've seen a lot of those. Bases. Yeah. Um, I saw someone who did them as corn, so just like 
blood everywhere. It's mm. awesome. Um, yeah. 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 Very cool. Very cool. Well, I am wrapping up my Jade Obelisk right now. Um, I painted all the dudes with. Here, let me hold on. Okay, so I painted all the dudes with. Um, let's see if this will this will work. I'll hold it up. Oh, it doesn't want to focus that much. The helps cloak is coming out well, but the rest of it seems like uh, yeah. Let me take off your my green screen. Isn't a fan. It usually is not. So I'm going to take this off. All right. So now you get to see my hobby area behind me, right there, right. So um, okay, so. Here is my Jade Obelisk. Let's see if it can focus oh, yeah. a little bit. But I tried to do it kind of like an Aztec style. Yep. Not focus very well. So I freehanded Sweet. some stripes on the red cloak mm-hmm. right there. That's not showing very well, but oh, there we go. All right. There it I is. I freehanded yeah. some stripes on there, you know, with the metal Beautiful. and then the weapons are jade. And then I'm doing the opposite with the priestess. So she's going to be in oh, white. Yeah. And I'm going to put some green and white stripes on her cloak here, cool. right? So um, that way she's kind of like leading these, and you can tell like she's the leader. And in she's that, in so. Viva Mexico colors. And, exactly, yeah, exactly. So, and I've got, I, I 3D printed some ruined temple bases, right? So it's going to look like, um, you know, Chichen Itza, like cool. Mayan ruins kind of thing, you know? So um that should be that should be pretty cool but that was my um that i was hoping to get that done by the end of the year because i actually did a pretty good job of of painting warbands this year um like i got um all my bone splitters done i got the um uh oh my gosh the um poison guys Rottmeyer Creed, sorry, Rottmeyer Creed guy is done. Um, I got, um, what else did I get them? I got like I got like three or four warbands done, anyway, and um, and then a bunch of terrain too, like a bunch of terrain done because we had um, the Nova open, right, and um, and a couple of kill teams too. So I was like, hey, this has like been a super productive year. My kids are always teasing me about painting my models before I buy more, and I can this year say like I actually painted more than I bought. Which I was nice. like, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Like it's a it's a chalk up on the wind column, you know, for me this year. Um, but uh, after I get these done, I've got the black talons that I got for Christmas that I have assembled already. So I think that those are going to be my next dot project. And I have the Quester Soul Sworn that I I have a scheme in mind that's like going to be super simple. I'm going to paint them as like bronze like warriors, right? And so I'll use the airbrush for that. And, uh, you know, do bronze and with blue cloaks and some freehand gold in there. I think it will look really good. And then um, I've got the Dominion, half of the Dominion box with my guys that are like three quarters painted. So I think I'm just going to go on a Stormcast Eternal like rampage and just get like a bunch of my SCE guys off the table. I also have the... um, the uh, Varengard, or not Varengard, the uh, Vanguard, Vanguard Auxiliary that are built and primed and ready to go. So I might just get all my Stormcast ones just out of the way, get them done, and, uh, you know, just go thematic there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
you know, as I continue to buy more models. That's so awesome. <laughs> I just I just painted up uh, the Black Talons for somebody, and nice. they're like Stormcast Plus. It's enough to just like do your base Stormcast, but like enough little extra details to give them a little bit more fun and tangibility, and it wasn't mm-hmm. as much of a headache. Uh, they're really fun to paint, actually, and especially I was surprised the uh, Lorelai, I think her name is the uh, yeah. Ineth Deepkin uh, caster, was a blast to paint. I thought she was going to be horrible, but she ended up being really nice. Awesome. Yeah, Something I'll probably really use her. Uh, like, I'll probably use the airbrush for her cloak and stuff like that, and give it a nice like that blend on the cloak will look really good. But um, then I can hand paint her skin and some of the other details and all that. Something about Stormcast is like the characters, like the the troops are a little on the simple side lately, and the characters are maybe a little yeah. on the complex side. And the um, black ta- like what is this backpack doing? Come on! But the black talons are all in between that level, yeah. um, which is like perfect. That's the exact amount of detail I right. want in my Stormcast. Um, Stormcast plus baby. Listen, yeah, that yeah, backpack like, is for the Sigmar. A character more than a troop. And that's, that's right. perfect. Exactly. The interesting thing too will be that like with with um Sigmar troops, 99% of the time, if they've got a character's head, I use the helmet. Like yeah. I want all of my dudes faceless, nameless automatons as stormcast. Mm-hmm. With black talons, I didn't do that. I put all the character faces on there. Um I didn't go with the actual like helmeted versions of them. So but, you know, I mean, that's because they're Black Talons and they've got named characters and all that, you know, so it'll be interesting because they'll be different than everybody else. And also the character helmets are just so extra. Like this guy's oh, got totally an entire are. sunbeam on top of his head, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. So I can't resist the helmets usually. Exactly, exactly. Like so, the bearded awesome. helmets they have, like where it's oh, like yeah. the helmet baked oh, in yeah. the beard. I think that one looks mm-hmm. sweet. I think that's such a good... Uh, design it and and if they're relaunching if rumors have it you know they're relaunching like more older stormcast into the thunderstrike i would love that like that roman-esque like it just it looks so sick it really does yeah yeah that'd be good very good very good well it sounds like we all have our work cut out for us boys uh you know just keep painting and uh uh for those of you that have not made it to our discord please come also, show show off your miniatures that you're working on. Like, we love to see it in the Discord chat. We have a lot of people that put stuff in there that are painting. Sometimes it's uh, Warcry related. Sometimes it's totally a different game. But it's really awesome to see what everybody's doing and, and some of the stuff that they're painting out there. Because um, I know I feel better when I see people um, doing good, and it inspires me to want to do better, too. So, yeah, awesome. Uh, as far as news goes for our Warhammer news, uh, we don't have a lot right now. The thing that I would suggest is that in about 10 days from the time that we're recording this, I think it's on the, um, what is it, the 18th, the 19th of uh, January, um, they're going to be doing a um, release uh, or kind of a Warhammer preview, and Warcry is on the list for that. Now, if rumors are true, Dan kind of spilled the tea a little bit this, before the show started. If rumors are true, this may be our Night Hunt and uh, uh, Luminous Realm Lord box that we might be seeing. So it'll be interesting. Now, the que- the question that I have, Dan, is are we still going to be in Gur with these guys or are we switching realms yet? I think we're still 18 months from switching realms. 
Okay. Um, I don't know for sure. I mean, anything could happen, right? They could decide that it fits their goals more if AOS and Warcry are on the same schedule and release mm -hmm. the same summer. But I think, I think we'll be in the same realm. I think we'll have like an awkward orphan year where AOS has moved on without us and we haven't caught up yet. Um, but but I don't know. I mean, even when I was like doing SB Night Haunt, that's not me yeah. knowing things. That's just like me following yeah. posts by people who know things. So Or who allegedly know things, right? Allegedly. Right. Aim to know things. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. Now, now I, I, I'm going to caveat this a little bit. Warcry led the way for the realm change oh. for AOS. And no, I think Underworlds did, right? Didn't oh, maybe it did, but then, so then we had first, and then yeah. they went to GUR for 3.0 for AOS, and we jumped suit pretty quick with it. But all of them are entwined, and I believe it's going to be we might have that weird orphan year, like you was talking about. I absolutely think that's very possible if our yeah. schedule's not up with theirs, but we should definitely be in GUR for a little bit longer. They switched the fourth this summer, I think. So We'll probably get Gur for a little bit more, and then they'll change because even Deep Gorge and Underworlds is part of Gur, yeah, or Death Gorge, so, whatever it's called. Yeah, Death Gorge. I yeah. think yeah. Justin, I think what you're remembering Warcry led last time was um, the whole like the Broken Realms like war yeah. in the Varen Spire yeah, thing that happened right. that's when right. Gash right. tried to fight Archeon, and then. Marathi the, uh, the yep. confusion to steal a bunch of Warpstone, and that's what uh, Red Harvest was all about. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Red Harp, because that's how we got the the um, uh, the agents. What are their names again? I'm blanking tonight, guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you mean. Um, uh, the Canaanite Shadow Shadow Stalkers. No, the Shadow Stalkers. Wasn't that so, catacombs? Um, was that catacombs? No, they, they were in oh, yeah. catacombs, but that was part of the same story. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. And yeah. Then, exactly. Yeah, and then Red Harvest, Harvest was like was... the actual you know minds yeah. themselves Seth. yeah exactly so yeah anyway good times good times with that so yeah that's that is what i'm remembering because that was kind of the transition story you know that um you can always tell when you're about to switch um editions in aos or or warhammer 40k to come out with all those narrative books that give you like bonus rules like the pariah of nexus and you know, and like all the Dombringer stuff is all the kind of the narrative stuff that, that sets you up for the next, you know, change. So um, it'll be interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, all right, cool. So, yeah, turn into that and, and check it out. Uh, let's see. Let's move on to talk about Cities of Sigmar. So I'm going to share a screen here. Now, um, what we talked about in the beginning is um, we're just there's there's three um there's now three factions within cities of sigmar you have the castellite hosts which are your humans essentially you have your darkling covens which are your elves kind of wood elves dark elves or whatever you want to call them and then you have your dispossessed which is like dwarf central right and um like the whole idea of like the living cities the hammer hall all that stuff like it got completely revamped with the new cities um launch and it all got revamped with kind of the story that's happening in AOS. So they gave us uh free PDFs that you can download from uh warhammer.com or warhammercommunity.com 
and um, or you can go to workcryer.net to see them as well. But if you want the actual PDFs, you can get them for free on GW's site there. And uh, but we're we're going to talk about the Castlelight host today, and I think in a future episode uh, we'll probably talk about Darkling Covens and Dispossessed together because. Um, they're not quite as beefy as the Castlelight host in terms of number of units and models and abilities, um, but they still have some interesting things that I think we should talk about, but just maybe not today because we don't want to keep you here for four hours. So, um, and you know, we're fortunate we don't have Jason. He's such a talker during all of these things that you know. <laughs> we... <laughs> so, uh, I know exactly. So it's it's fun because we can you know give a couple jabs at Jason. Um, awesome. So let's kick off Cities of Sigmar, Castlelight Host. And I think what I want to do before we start digging into this is, uh, Dan and Rob, I know that you've played, you've either played with them or against them for quite a bit. Why don't you give us kind of an overview of like broad brush strokes of what kind of warband is this? Is it a Swiss Army knife like Soulblight Gravelord, where you've got a lot of different tools at your disposal? Is it a shooty list? Is it a you know more melee focused? Like, like you know, what are you looking at playing with this, and how does how does the overall Cities of Sigmar play? Hopefully, that makes sense. Why don't we kick it off with you, uh, Rob? Like, what do you, what do you think about this warband and, and kind of how does it play? Broad brushstrokes. Yeah. So to make it simply put. Uh, in in my experience with it, it's a very synergistic army that wants to replicate the movie Napoleon, if you've seen it, where a bunch of dudes just fire some muskets and some guys just stand together and chill and get charged. And it's, uh, it's a pretty sweet time. It's so simply synergistic to it that it's really good, but it's deceptively hard to build a good list for. Okay. It's awesome. the best I can do. Every I'm, I'm like yeah. ready to dive in. I'm like itching. Oh yeah, so. we'll dive in. But that's that. I think that's a great overview. Dan, what do you think? I think it's a it's a faction that has a few different like this. As much as the original Cities of Sigmar was many factions in one, I think this one is stealthily many factions in one as well, because okay. building around Steel Helms and all of the synergies available to you there is completely different list than building around um i'll just call it like the command core weird people who are basically like yeah. they're in the same faction but they're a completely different animal in the same faction and so you kind of have these two factions in one um that can kind of do their own thing and i think that's really cool i think you could only play cities of sigmar and just keep doing lots of different stuff um, and never get, you know, never do the same thing twice, which I think is kind of cool. Most of the factions that I play, um, not all, I mean, a lot of them actually are not like this, but a lot of factions are like, eventually you get to the one list that makes sense. And there's really mm -hmm. only, you know, it's like you get to, here are 775 points worth of stuff. And the only real thing you think about is you know what last 225 do you use um something right. like that and right uh i don't think cities of sigmar will ever be that way which i think is really cool i think you can you know re reconfigure them to your heart's content i do agree with rob i think 
there's so much in there and so much of what's in there see, is powerful that it uh -huh. seems like you should be able to build something that rivals the top factions in the game. But it, I haven't totally figured out, you know, I don't think anything that I've built really rivals the S tier in Warcry quite yet. But I do think they are very, very good. It's just, you know, like not being as good as the stuff that should be nerfed is not a crime, right? And they're right on that yeah. level with all of the best stuff that shouldn't be nerfed, you know, like all of that stuff. I think these guys are right on that level. So so what I'm hearing is it's definitely more like Soulblight Grave Lords in terms of list building and options than it is like bone splitters, right? Do you have other <laughs> options other than Graveguard? I'm very confused about this. I'm, I'm, <laughs> what list do is I that? Like I'm really interested. Do I like Graveguard? I, I would yeah, say right. I would say COS is more complicated than than okay. Soulblight. All right, Way that's more. cool. I do think to to pile on to what Dan was saying. If you're someone who wants to just like show up and play some casual games, even though it's tough to make a good list, there's so many configurations and they have so much flavor for just being little human chubs that you can just, I'm going to bring my cavalry field marshal. And if you want to do narrative with them, it's probably a delight. You can have a steel helm rise up the ranks and become something else to the field marshal. There's so much variety within mm -hmm. it that I don't, I, I'm going to absolutely agree with you, Dan. Like, I don't think you're going to get bored of them. So the nice thing is that Cities of Sigmar Castlight hosts benefit from a total new line release, right? Which is, I mean, tons of models that came out. It's not just a little warband box um, that you got, like, with the Volkite, you know, um, Flame Seekers. It's literally, like, a, a whole army faction. And so you've got a lot more options that, that you can do it with. So... Um, let's dive into it. Dan, where do you think we should start? Should we start with looking at some abilities or looking at some of the troops? Uh, let's start with this reaction, which I think is okay. where, um, if you want to build synergistic Castellites, which I don't, I'm not even convinced is like the most correct take, but it definitely, it definitely can be good. Um, but if you want to build synergistic Castellites, I feel like you want to read this reaction and then follow the rune marks. And like, go look at the abilities that use those rune marks, and then look at the fighters that use those rune marks. And like, you can create a really powerful warband by just following those and figuring out the puzzle. And then there's like a second powerful warband that you can also build um, through other stuff. So, but I think we should we should do the puzzle that they give you first. Um, and okay, yeah, let's start so, with the reaction. All right, I think so it's I'm gonna. Good. I'm going to read it, and you guys are probably going to have to decipher it, you know, because there's a lot of stuff, like you said, following the remark. Yeah. So, here it is. You have to read it okay. twice to know what it does. It's one <laughs> of right. those. Yep. Castlight Wall. A fighter can make this reaction after they are targeted by an attack action, but before the hit rolls are made, if they are within three inches of another friendly fighter with the bulwark or the elite rune mark. Okay? So, got it. they got to be within three inches of somebody who's got the bulwark or elite rune mark. And once they're targeted, but before the dice rolls are made, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. If other friendly, if the other friendly fighter has the bulwark rune mark, add one to this fighter's toughness characteristic until the end of this activation. Got it. Okay. So he's like, it's like he's setting up the shield in front of his buddy, right? Yep. Uh, okay. If the other friendly fighter has the elite rune mark, for each hit roll from that attack action that misses, allocate two damage points to the attacking fighter. If the other fighter, okay, so basically it's like counter, 
um, like a better counter. A better counter. Yep. Yeah. It's turbo counter. Okay. Turbo counter. Um, if the other friendly fighter has both the bulwark and elite remarks, apply both effects. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, options are like like you said, you can kind of um, build that reactive army that you were talking about, right? Um, I know that some people have been doing that with, um, like, uh, I mean, Rob, like, you were, like, the master of the reactive army with your uh, Cruel Boys and, you know, Hrothgar and all that stuff, right? Like, you were counting on that reaction to kind of um, help you, right? And so um, how do you feel about this reaction, though? Uh, Me personally? um, So the reason... Uh, Dan, I'm going to quote you from one of your videos. This is insane, right? You were talking about LRL, LRL, right? Lumineth. Uh And how it's a castle that has to build itself up through dice every turn. So there's a lot of variables that go into it. When I look at reaction, boom, right up here. Right, guy? Right. (laughs) So, So this is basically I can set up my castle without spending a single dice. All I need mm-hmm. is to make sure my positioning is tight and good. It doesn't mm-hmm. yell casual play for a lot of things. So I'm going right. to speak on just, I like to grind games out and I like to play a lot. And this is just where I'm coming from. So coming from this, all I have to do is follow the runes, like Dan said, and keep within three of each other. So we're going to be in a tight formation and I got to make sure I just worry about my activations and I got to do that. The fact that I can get plus one toughness and return two to you is awesome. The first thing I thought when I saw this was, and I don't know, are we allowed to, are we allowed to cuss on here? Are we allowed to give one? Uh, uh, I got one. Gently, very gently. This gently. is still family friendly. <laughs> A big jog off to KO. Yeah. Because this works against ranged as well as melee. So when you want to throw mm. your cute little two, three strength dice at me with your pistol shots and you got five of them coming my way or four of them coming my way, Hope you're getting ready to get some twos back to you, and it's going to feel great. Same thing, bumping myself up to five toughness, and your Aether Cannons are all of a sudden hit four ups, not three ups. It's a little bit more dicey for them to weigh it. Granted, Perfect World, Magical Christmas Land, I'm getting both, right? But that's part of following it. I love this reaction. I think it's a ton of fun for me to build because it's very synergistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely think you could fall into bad traps with it, though, for sure. It's a very good point. I um just... I want to say that it's super thematic for this yeah, army, right? Cool and I love here. the fact that it's really? very thematic. It's like these guys are in formations that you say. Like, I mean, they are like the city's formations, right? They're supposed to be marching in line together and helping each other out. And the and the wall is there for a reason, right? So I think um, that's awesome. Um, would you, if you're building around this synergy, would you basically, in your three deployment groups, have like? you know, the, the dude that's got the elite and bulwark in each, in each group, is that like how you would build it? Or would you just focus on one group that had this ability? So that's the crazy part, right? Like I've spent a lot past 20 games with them online doing one list and one style of breaking up each group. So each steel helm is going to have the bulwark, yeah. the ogre Warhulk, I think it is the Fusil major on ogre Warhulk uh-huh. has both. And then you have to find where the elites come from. And that's either from the facilers or the, uh, the pistol, the pistol field marshal. Uh-huh. You can take bull- runes from outside your faction. So the new flame seeker daddy, 
it has an elite rune mark. Oh, he can give it there, and he's 150. He's a pretty solid fighter for 150. Basically, it's like you said, thematic. Uh, my boy with the shield is putting the shield close to me. The elites usually have things that shoot. Think uh, yeah. Melusi Iron Scales. So yeah. we're putting a shield up, and my boy in the back's throwing or shooting a gun. So it's really cool. Um, I chose to try to figure out the puzzle to see if I can get something that really focuses on putting, making sure there's something for each of their in mine. That's how I chose to do mine. Nice. Very good. Very good. All right, cool. Um, let's jump down. Let's jump down to some of the units and then we can you kind of use that to talk about some of their abilities, if that makes sense, right? Um, so I'm gonna roll down here to the heroes. All right, so we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Uh, heroes, right? Like you have a plethora of heroes. Um, I am going to assume that uh, not all of these are created equal and that some are much better than others, right? Heaven forbid, uh, you know, that's how that's how it works. Um, let me let me start with this one. Which one of these leaders are a trap that, that look good on paper but may not be that good in practice? What are the, what are some of the ones that, that you think? I don't know. It really depends what you think looks good on paper. I mean, okay. <laughs> like anytime someone's asking you, like for whatever sport you like, who's the most underrated player in the league? It's like well, <laughs> right? as, soon as, I, as soon as I say who I think the most underrated person is in the league, they are no longer the most underrated person. Um, yeah. So I don't know what you are personally thinking is like really good that might not be good i think um you know i think by now most people know that things like say that free guild cavalier arch knight for 205 mm-hmm. is a trap i think that's something that a lot of people were interested in you know maybe a year ago but but people know that fighters like that are not good now mm-hmm. um, yeah I think that the I think that the Fusil Major on Ogre Warhulk is the first thing we should talk about though, because that's the yeah. fighter that, in my experience, draws people to want to play the faction. Yeah. And I think he's really interesting because he's he's really good, but he's not incredible. You know, it's like look at him and then look at your Ogre Maw Tribes Crusher and then look back at him. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know your man's not me but with all right right not like me right i mean i mean he is like 70 points cheaper though right so uh no he's the same points cost as a crusher yeah oh oh i'm thinking gut lord sorry i'm thinking gut lord i do think it is it is ogre in name only my guy doesn't have a belly pretty weak (laughs) game Right, but he does well, have a dude on top of that's the why he's got that toughness six. <laughs> so he's, he's got the he's a dude, he's the dude that was just like you know, had big bones growing up, and the kids teased him on the playground, being like, You're such an ogre, and the name just stuck, you know. And right. so they're just like, Hey, ogre, ogre, that's just his nickname, right? Like, um, funny <laughs> enough, it is, it is taller, like the model side by side is taller than a tyrant by a little bit. Oh, wow, so he is okay. a little, he is a little longer right he's not as girthy but that's okay um he handles completely different and there are times where like everyone looks at him like oh that dude's good he's got six strength he's got six Mm -hmm. toughness he's coming in there to wallop he's kind of like a mobile hq 
with net prevention built in, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh man, I got him netted. I'm within two. He can't hit me. My guy's going to start blasting somewhere else. Not a great shot, but it's better than doing right. nothing and passing the turn, right? Uh, he's also got three dice on six. He's going to consistently hit three, four. It's cute. It's not bad. It's not great, like Dan was saying. But the fact is he has the two rune marks. He's got four move, 35 health, six toughness. Pretty thick lad. And he's going to be the whole linchpin to enable a lot of different turns and plays when you're playing for that synergy play. And so the uh, one thing yeah. about him, he's really difficult to get the most out of, I think, mm. because if yeah. all he's doing is enabling reactions, that's powerful, but that's not 245 points powerful. So, right. It's it's so easy to misplay him because you don't want to keep him back and shoot because then you're spending 245 points for 2424. Like, right. not great. Um, so you have to drag him or pace him, and it's a really difficult adjustment to play especially in the early, he plays different in the early game to the mid game to the late game. But when he's on a point with some buddies that want to brawl on a point, he's kind of calling shots at that point. Uh, he has mm-hmm. one of the, that we'll get to the ability later, but he can dish out two toughness to everybody with him. And then if they're reacting off of him, everyone's going up to six, seven toughness. So all of a sudden your steel helms are uh, Annie's with uh, shields. And then you're just kind of like, I this this doesn't equate. This doesn't make sense. He he can clap a little bit, but it's really tough. I absolutely agree. I've playing a lot with him with Dan. There are times where it's like this guy is just the central focus. But if you disrupt him or break him off, like on a spacious map, like uh, ley lines, think if somebody activates a lot of points on ley lines, and you have to kind of branch out, he loses a lot of his uh, staying power. And mm-hmm. then you're 245 for just kind of like a decent brawl piece. But on which things... is great for narrative because that's how COS should be. It's like if you right. spread them out, if you make them move, they yeah. should fall apart. And if they get sure. to set up their big line, like they should beat you. It's it's actually really beautifully designed. I just want it to is jump it in. is super I cool. Think it's great. Yeah, and that's why I designed. I started going into each group of let's put a rune mark in each group. So mm-hmm. I can't rely on him to sit there and everybody to go to him because then I'm just deathballing it, and that's not going to do what I need for objective control. So you have him with his group, and I actually put him with two other people who don't have rune marks. We'll get to that later. And then I, if people are near him, or I can pull him near with like the Great Herald, cool. I can give it out, and he's going to give out for a double. He's going to give out two toughness. Everyone's going to get yoked for the day, right? It's going to be great. But it, what about the times he gets pulled away? What about the times he's on his own? What about the times mm-hmm. you have to make that 245 relevant? And that's where, like, how I set him up with other things. Um, but it's tough. Dan's 100% actually, like 100% right. It's very tough to get the most out of him. I think in general, people like a good rule of thumb for people is you should try to have him almost die every yeah. game. 100%. Um, if he's at full health, you're playing him wrong. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he's so hard to kill for his points, and um, that toughness is so great, but man 245 points with the amount of damage he does like he he's not a chaff hunter he's not um he's not gonna go like if your opponent essentially gets you know gets the drop on you and you have to come to them you know there are models for 245 points that will do that for you that will get you back to parity um you know i just built a uh a clawback right that will do that 
right? But this guy won't do that, but he's still good. He's just, he's very hard to play. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think. I, I, I remember um, playing against Ogres, uh, against Jason, and he had a tyrant on the board. And I remember using movement, basically staying away from the tyrant the whole game. I think he only got like one attack in at the end of the day. And it was just such a waste of points in a sense, right? Because like he just, he couldn't do anything with it. Um, Or, you know, like, I mean, I would throw like a little tiny chaff in there. So he had to like use a movement and then he had to like shoot. And it just was like such a waste of points of what he should be doing. You know what I mean? Um, So, um. I feel like this guy has that same sort of vibe where it's like, if you can disrupt his, his flow, then um, you, they've sunk a good chunk. I mean, a quarter of their war band essentially into him. And if you can disrupt the flow, then that's like an easy, I mean, easier time to win in a sense. So like, that's the cool part about him is like, he's hard to disrupt the flow. So for two forty-five. You're not looking at a Titan piece. You're not looking at a Dragon sure. piece. You're looking at a really phenomenal support piece that can act mm-hmm. on its own. And basically, it's going to sound like ridiculous because if I was to explain like how I was playing him and go through all these motions, you're going to be like, that doesn't sound good at all, right? Like it sounds very mediocre. I run him in the same group as a Great Herald. So the the Warband's not dice hungry at all, which is sick, at least the way I build them. If you're building for rousing speech and finding some other plays like that, then they're probably going to be a little bit more dice hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, uh, depending on my matchup, uh, I've at turns I've gone move four, shoot. Okay, chip damage is chip damage in this, because when they come yeah. up to you and you're starting to counter and give two back, two back, when they're already at half, that's already less incentivizing for them to attack into toughness five, six, seven. Right. Uh, and then I'll have the Great Herald move up, pull him another four. So he got two moves in a shoot. And then when I'm on point and I can set up and I don't have to do anything, unlike the Tyrant, uh, the Tyrant has the eight inch, right? One, this yeah. guy's got 24 inch range and he's taller right. than the biggest Gertrees because of, <laughs> because of reasons and snipers. So he just can look at anybody and pick off. He's hard to like, you net him. Okay. He'll just stay put and people could stay with him. It's hard to get out of him, but he's also got moments where it's, oh, wow. That makes complete sense why he's 245 here. And like, he can mm-hmm. just sit on a point by himself if he really needs to. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Um, so let's, let's move to the, um, uh, who, who who are your other ones that you like using in your warband? What are the leaders? Uh, not the Fusil Sergeant. That is okay. a proc of robbery. It's two extra hit points for 20 extra... Two extra yeah. wounds for 20 extra points. Value Town, not here. Um, yeah. I don't play the uh, Alchemist guy because I don't own him, but he looks cool. The he's got Alchemite a little bit Warboarder. of... A, he's got a little of that uh, leather leather face going on a little bit and he's then got like the, the gimp play. from full fiction a little bit you know <laughs> he's, he's sensual about his runes uh i don't play the battle mage and i really want the free guild command arc knight to work 
really want him to work because of the yeah. it's the sickest model ever dude he i so love cool. it yeah. he's so cool dude even the arc knight on the horse dude they look like bretonia but newer they're so sick but i just there's nothing that makes me want to spend 120 points for like three five two four 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 fifteen like i'm just kind of mm-hmm. i guess That's i could give the double here. but he gets yeah he gets removed too easy i'd rather just do the yeah. 155 for the uh, heirloom weapon if that's what i'm going to be doing yeah, and I play a lot with the uh, dueling pistols. Believe it or Dan, not, Dan, all these oh, guys yeah. have have that wizard blast that you love so much. <laughs> no, I specifically love the three dice one. That's oh, what okay. I'm saying. The, the, the right. that that's one that the, has literally fifty percent more damage than all the regular wizard blasts is so good. <laughs> um, super good. By the way, Justin, we had a guy show up to our casual Thursdays with Black Talons, and yeah. he came away saying, oh, wow, the elf is the best fighter in the warband. Wow. I, don't think okay. I think Rostis is the best, but he was just like, yeah, the elf does everything. The elf does everything you could possibly well, want. I can't, um, wait to get her on the, I can't wait to get her on the table. And if I have to eat crow by winning with her, I will. Yeah, everybody's yeah, right. loving the headshot, right? <laughs> everybody's like, oh, the headshot's so sick. But when they whiff it, it's going to be the worst feels bad. Oh, but dude, having, that's the worst. Having three dice at, like, you know, for three, six or three, seven, whatever she is, pretty sick. And she moves five, pretty good. Yeah. 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 Very good. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. These are all like sergeants. Um, uh, what do you, I'm assuming you guys don't like the battle priest or the prophet. I, I mean, love battle priest. Yeah, battle um, priest is all right for sixty-five. That's awesome as a leader. The thing that's cool about the battle priest is for the price of, uh, well, for one thirty, which is a little, it is expensive because you get an annihilator for that price. But for one thirty, you can get two battle priests to have just like numbers in your stormcast warband, and uh-huh. little guys who run around four inches have twelve wounds. That's very reasonable. Um, yeah. The attack profile is nothing to write home about, but for 65 points, you don't care. Um, yeah. And the strength four is weird because it means that in chaff battles, he will often win. Like right. he, he'll go toe to toe with other chaff. Um, and just getting that, getting those numbers into a Stormcast Warband can be really good. Um, he loves so. attacking Huanchi. Loves him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he can catch him, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I actually think the Battle Priest is really good. I don't know why you'd ever want to run it in this faction. I think he's yeah. an ally only, but uh, I do think he's a great ally. I think an ally, in a, like you said, in a Stormcast where you often have like, what do I do with these 80 points? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I put together my thing, what do I do with these 80 points? And all of a sudden you got another little extra, um, you know, leader I think is great. Um the prophet oh, the we... sergeant at arms yet? Uh, let's see. No, we didn't. He's at 100? pretty surprisingly good for a hundred points. He can okay. do the same thing the ogre does and give a plus two toughness bubble. And he's four three two three, which is like sneaky, pretty good yep. for smacking some other dudes around. Uh, and he's four four twelve. Like he's not terrible. Like I, he's performed pretty okay when I've played him. Yeah, I really like him just for if you want to do the formation thing, the plus two toughness. And the fact that that plus two toughness doesn't only work on the steel helms is really nice. Um, Once we get past the kind of 
rune mark Jenga that Rob likes to build, I want to talk about some of the weirdos in this faction. Weirdos and they the love having some friends who will give them plus two toughness. Um, they're yeah. really into that. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, let's see. Uh, we talked about Alchemy Warfinger, Fusil Sergeant. Um, anybody else? That, what about you? Said you said Rob, you like using the free guild marshal with sh- shield or with weapons? I'm a pistol. I'm a pistols boy, but you the can use pistols. any three of them are fine. And uh, the reason I like pistols because I also have the cursed uh, city dude. Uh, okay. I, I don't yep. know his name, but he's got like a saber and a pistol, and he looks awesome in a fur coat. So I was just yeah. like, I'm going to proxy him to be the free gold marshal. Yeah, yeah, very good. I know exactly what you're talking about, and that model is. And I can use him for the weapon or pistols if I want. And if I really want to get snazzy, I'll glue a, a shield yeah. on the back. <laughs> like, yeah. I love all three one. marshals. Um, because yeah, they're all good. You know, you've got you can give people plus toughness with the shield marshal plus the plus toughness reaction. You can do the damage stuff with the um, dueling pistols, and then the um, the swordy <laughs> one. You could you could give him because he's only twenty wounds, so you could give him plus one attack if you wanted to. That three five, you know, strength five three five is not mm-hmm. a bad place to put a plus one attack blessing on, and he's mm-hmm. got. Um, rousing speech, add one to the attack's characteristics of everybody within six inches. Uh, that's a pretty reasonable way to get a buff. Um, that unfortunately it says it's like faction locked, so you can't use it mm-hmm. as an ally. But getting just a little attack buff is really nice. It does say other friendly fighters, so it doesn't affect himself, which is usually the the thing I look for with those, it's why I like Slaves to Darkness heroes. It's why I like mm-hmm. Chaos Lords and uh, Dark Oath War Queens. But it's still pretty interesting. Um, and then, yeah, they they all have a role, which is great. I mean, I love I love that design. I love the way they did that. Um, cool. Absolutely. Um, and they're they're pretty on par with other like, especially if you look at um, other Warcry kind of bespoke leaders they're all around like 150 155 points ish you know and about 20 wounds toughness four or five depending on which one you're looking at right so i think they fit in line with that pretty well they totally do and i'd say they're better than most of the bespoke hero well maybe not Mm -hmm. most but they're they're better than than, except for maybe hard eater yeah because I don't know. I mean, 170, like 200, 175, um, and you're getting like 150 seems to be like that new price point. Like, look at the Vulcan mm-hmm. Flame Daddy. But like, if you go back to the 1.0, and you're looking at yeah. like Dominar, you're looking at the Tarantulas Broodlord dude, the Canaanite Shadow Stalker chick, the Cyan <laughs> Flame guy. These are ch- cheaper by like you know 30 to 50 points, and yeah. they're very serviceable and comparable in stats. And the abilities are just so relevant. Like any of the ones that don't have a good ability, it's just like, why do that when you could do this? Right. I mean, right. looking at the Marshall with Shield, the fact that you can have T520 wounds be still with the 4424, like Chaff Killer profile, mm-hmm. um, and then giving out plus two toughness is just like yeah. such a huge, huge amount of power to have at your disposal for 155 on a move four guy, right? He's not yeah. even move three. Yeah. So um, that's pretty nice. Yeah, very good. Um, let's talk about the leader's abilities um, because you guys, um, 
We talked about that. Uh, and, uh, let's go let's from, yeah, let's go from the marshals to the three marshal abilities because I think okay. they're worth thinking about. The, the most important one, I think, is uh, Castellite Formation. Yep. Until yep. the end of the battle round, add two to the toughness characteristic of friendly fighters with the Cities of Sigmar Castellite Hosts faction rune mark. While they're within three inches of this fighter, the people who have that ability are the Ogre Warhawk, the uh-huh. Marshal with Shield, and there's one more, the Sergeant, Sergeant at Arms. Arms. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's pretty good. Uh, Rob, you've been using it quite a bit. Am I wrong about that? Not at all. They're, it's absolutely phenomenal. It uh, It's so great if you're able to take take initiative, even if you're not, like, and you go with your War Hulk and you move them to a position, to like a, maybe between two of your war groups to set it mm-hmm. up. So then when yeah. the Herald runs and pulls everybody, all of a sudden it disincentivizes any type of alpha strike. All of a sudden that Baron Guard's coming in to what? Throw seven dice on potentially a T7 Steel Helm. It really blanks out a lot of things that people want to do to make your little human dudes turn into mini storm casts. I mean, crits be crits, that's fine. But like yeah. taking away, statistically speaking, like you're making them have to roll better and they can't just roll better. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And not just a little better, a lot better. I mean, they're going from a three up to a five up a lot of times. They're going from a four yeah. up to a six up for yeah. most of them. And then if they steal the reaction from War Hulk or that, they're going to seven up. If they steal the reaction from another shield yeah. buddy, it's a seven up. If they steal, and then like it's it's wild, dude. It's such a good ability on a double. Yeah. Also, so, hot take. I love that all their stuff is faction locked. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I, love I do too. I, I actually like the faction, faction locked stuff. I like it. Yeah. I do too. I think it's um, reining in some of the kind of wild combos that I think there were unintended consequences of allies you know what i mean so um but um i do wish there was just one thing that wasn't like just randomly for no reason and it was just like if the designers had been like you know what we'll just have this one guy be the ally guy it's the quad for the battle mage that's the aoe attack buff on a quad for everybody not a double but a quad is that enchant weapons Oh, it, sure. it's whatever it is. It's like the wild magic from like the battle mage, but it's a quad. And if you go down, yeah. it's enchant weapon. Enchant yeah, it's, a, oh, it's, it's not faction. You got it. <laughs> it's terrible, but yeah, it's there. You I got wanted. your wish. That's not what I requested. <laughs> you got your wish, Dan. Take it. <laughs> Take that quad and give me plus one. Oh my god, that's, that's so awesome. Okay. Um. So normally, normally I see a a um ability like this, which is add toughness to the characteristic of friendly fighters. I almost always gloss over it because almost always it sucks. I think. Um. Like yeah, the nerd ones are terrible. They cost so much to only add. Yeah. Usually on triples, right? Like the yeah, a lot of them are on triples. Iron Golems is on a triple. Mm-hmm. Like most of them, yeah, and it's, it's like so plus one toughness in like a small little bubble. Like it's not worth it. Yeah, and so the reason why I do like this one over the other ones is that you're probably trying to fight these guys in formation anyway. Like, if for example, Nurgle, I'm not trying to keep everybody within three inches of each other a lot of times. So they need to go out and do things. Do you know what I mean? But with these guys, you want to do that because that's sort of the synergy of this faction is keeping them together, right, and, and having them yeah. fight as one. And so this kind of doubles down on the narrative piece of it as well the thematic piece of it which is like you're having your guys fight in tight formation 
and it allows you to get the plus two toughness. So plus two on a double, I think, is very good. Plus one on a triple, I think, is very bad. You know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's interesting because I my first read through this, I kind of glossed over that as like, okay, that's just the toughness ability. Da 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 da. You know, and hearing you guys talk about, it, I'm like, oh, actually, that's that's a nice little gem in here mm. for sure. You know, so kind of interesting. Uh, let's see. Uh, you got what are the other martial ones that? Uh, so the next one is rousing speech, which is okay. just the we already right kind of yep. covered it. The plus one attack. It is also faction locked, and it doesn't affect it doesn't affect self, unfortunately. But six inches is really a huge, huge area. Oh, that's a um, Thirteen inch bubble. You know, there's or no more. one. There's no one that I saw that I was really excited to get this buff on. I think maybe you're supposed to be doing it on the Arch Knight. I'm not sure. Um, otherwise, there's just... Calvary pieces, and that's like what I came yeah. to the woeful conclusion of. You hit the nail exactly on the head, dude. Like, it's... I'm like, oh, whoa, it's a War Chana on a cheaper body? Like, yeah. oh, God, nobody else has that? And then you're just like, but why, but why do that when everybody's just kind of like, like I can give the War Hulk maybe plus one, which is kind of sick. Uh, yeah. The Calvary Marshall with plus one, okay. The other Arch Knight, sure. But other than that, you're just kind of like Steel Helms. Yeah, and I'm at my most excited with those if I'm either giving like a lot of chaff models plus one or like something extreme, like a FOMO Crusher plus one. You know, like right. Uh, Dark Oath War Queen hanging out with a FOMO Crusher and her buff affects herself. And then she gets the FOMO Crusher. And so now you're getting like basically three onslaughts for the price of one because a FOMO Crusher onslaught is worth two regular onslaughts, in my opinion. Um, So like that can be really powerful. This has that potential, but just like there isn't anything. This is the one that I wish wasn't faction locked, right? Like I Mm -hmm. wish I was just kind of putting this into some other cool stuff in order, but that's okay. That'd be... Um, wild if it wasn't faction lock because then you would ally an arch knight into like stormcast yeah and, like, um, what do you... <laughs> it'd be or, rough. or all of your ko armies right ah! right like ko spears <laughs> would be crazy with this um yeah no. it'd go hard so, calfia just um, moves them into position you're like okay mm-hmm. luckily it is just melee attack actions um but yeah, yeah right. it's pretty crazy yeah and then uh the last one i think is the tank is... game right Take, take aim. aim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is called so this Take is, the Couch. <laughs> right? Until the end of the battle round, add one to the damage points allocated by each critical hit from ranged attack actions made by friendly fighters with both the Sign- Cities of Sigmar, Castlelight Host, Fashion Rumark, and the Elite Rumark while they are within six inches of the fighter. So this is only meant for like two of your fighters, you know, or like three, three or four different units. I mean, there's not a lot. Three. three. Yeah. That's it. So um, I do think. Wait, hold on. Does it, it? Do they have to have the elite? Oh, unfortunately. Okay, so it's not all ranged attacks. For a second, right. I got really excited and thought that you could boost the Soul Shepherd with this, uh, which would have been cool because it rolls five dice per mm-hmm. attack. Um, and so bringing it from one one to one two on five dice is actually a really you'd get a lot of damage from it. But you it, double you double it out like you double out yeah. the output. That'd be wild. I thought about that too, and I was like, oh man, like wait, yeah. uh, the, it's, soul, it's the dream. <laughs> the soul shepherd is that the aim burger that you're talking about? Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, burger okay. mage. 
Um, yeah, the burger mage. <laughs> who I think is good. Um, and then, uh, but I guess you're supposed to do it on the Fusilier, which is so tough. the War Hulk, I... the Fusilier, and yeah. the uh, dueling pistols. Oh yeah, like himself. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like the one out of ten times that you're not using the triple for your herald, and you're just like, well, I got a couple here to gun with. Let's just because then they're like two five. Like, okay, that's all right. It's like a worst case scenario. I'm going to throw this triple away, but like, why? Yeah, I feel like what makes the pistol marshal good is the way he enables your reactions, not necessarily mm-hmm. the way he sort of does the other stuff. And yeah, this know, doesn't do it. Four on his shooting attack is fine. So yeah. you're fine with that. Yeah. Um, good. Let's get into some of these okay. fighters. So we can do totally. maybe the. The regular army fighters, and then the thing I'm excited for is the weirdos. So, uh, okay, so, yeah, all right, the weirdos so, are great. So, <laughs> the regular army fighters, where do you want me to start? Let's do the bread and butter one. Let's do the steel helm. Is that what you've okay. been mostly playing with, Rob? Uh, yeah, I have two builds of what I run one runs three steel helms, the other runs five, um, okay. depending on on what I'm doing, I switched to the three steel helms just because it was like, I'm sorry, one runs four, the other runs five. Uh, They're just for 60 points. You can't ask more for what they do. They're just solid. They're your friend. You know, they're never going to let you down. They're four, four, 10. They're not bad, dude. They give the bulwark rune mark. They enable that. And they're three, three, one, three Uh, at the worst at the pinch. You're just fighting zombos, you know? Yep. Um, so I was going to ask, like, why do you like them over the flagellant? And I mean, my hot take is you get that extra point of toughness. You lose the attack. I mean, the flagellant has one extra attack than the steel helm, but you also get that bulwark rune mark, which I think is, um, really good for them to react and kind of next to their buddies that are doing it. You know what I mean? So, um, you had a Mike, you know, Mike Sansom, like yeah. he, he made a build where we were joking around using the auric flame keeper and then i think he had like we had like 15 bodies and i'm gonna say two-thirds of them were flagellants to just send them into their death and then just wail out dice with four dice and fish like two fours of them <laughs> and like it was just like it was degenerate it was just hilarious as dudes whipping themselves to death <laughs> no yeah you just take it because the the rune mark is just infinitely better and the one yeah. word defense or toughness yeah, is and- great I mean, 60 points at 10 wounds, like, it's so, like, that's really, like, nice and efficient, right? I mean, you're getting down to almost, um, uh, you know, almost Flesh Eater Court's, like, efficiency with their ghouls, right? Like, because their Listen, ghouls are, like, day, 55. One day, we'll get better than Shatterers. Just you watch. We're on our way. <laughs> We're, We're on close. our way to the moon, guys. <laughs> the Shatterers are really good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's because they don't have a reaction is why they right. get that extra that extra power. Um, Watch out. Two-inch range, worth it. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah it's, it's <laughs> is there some... Are there, are there warriors in here that you guys would not just like straight up like, I'm never going to take that? I'm not going to take flagellants. I okay. don't think you could force yep. me even if there is a fire. Yeah. What about these uh, free guild command they core mascot gargoyle? strategy than what this warband is doing. That's the okay. only reason I wouldn't take them. I think right. in a different faction that's doing different things, I think flagellants could be great. 
because yeah, four three absolutely one, agree. Is good. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I don't think you could get me to take the Cavalier. Uh, yeah, I would never take one of terrible. those. Maybe like you could convince me of like one. If you were like, I need to be pure and I need to win this pack, or I need to go into this pack that's like three <laughs> treasure missions, then you could get me to play the Cavalier. But otherwise, you couldn't. Um, yeah. I'm interested because Rob's really into the Fusilier, or you've been uh-huh. playing a couple of them. I play I'm two in my list like a madman. Man, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the Fusilier. I think it makes sense. Just, I don't want to be playing a warband that is a worse version of another warband. And I feel <laughs> like paying it's one. So different, though. <laughs> paying one. Are you telling me it's not an Aether Cannon? Is, yeah, it's exactly. 10 more points than an Aether Cannon, all right? But paying guess what? 120 for what KO can do so much better at either 130 or 110. It's like. This legitimately does stuff that the Aether Cannon doesn't do. You've got the 15-inch range instead of 10. I've definitely, like, dealt with Aether Cannons by just, like, running away from them. And that is harder against this. But then, like, the Mortar from KO is just so much better than this for 10 more points. That it's, like, it's this tough situation where it does feel like if you're running a lot of Fusiliers that you're kind of a worse KO. Now. This is yeah. this is you're hundred percent correct because there are ten more points than an Aether Cannon for pretty much doo-doo garbage profile, right? Yeah. We do have the five toughness, which is pretty good on it to protect the ten wounds. It has the mm-hmm. elite rune mark. So we're mm-hmm. able for when we do get charged, because people are not gonna mm-hmm. just sit there and take shots because I will whittle you down, even if it is two four. I'm gonna roll a couple crits, it's gonna hurt. Right? When you come up to my steel helms. All of a sudden, my steel helms are like, well, okay, I'm just going to do two back to you now because I got this. They are, on paper, worse than what KO is doing. And I and that's the same thought I had. However, when I added a second one to my list on top with the Warhulk, you can ship so much down. By the time they come into you, all the counter and the turbo reaction is where it shines. I absolutely mm. do agree. I think the stats are so mediocre for what it is. But for it just works with it, and I, I sound like a madman. But like that and the five the five toughness. If you target it and the Warhulk's there, it's six toughness, and I'm returning back two to you. Uh, or if I steal from a, a, a sh- you know if I didn't shoot or anything like that, they've done a lot of work in the games I've played against a lot of different factions. And again, I love it against um, KO. Like I'm outranging your Aether cannons. I'm able to shoot. You're, only, you're hitting me on fours, not threes, like everything else that your godforsaken dwarf god gave you the ability to do. <laughs> and, dude, throw a couple throw a couple sixes. That, those add up quick. They move in. They're at half-life. They're chipped down. All of a sudden, the ogres in their face. All of a sudden, steel helms are deflecting. Yeah. It makes I'm sense not for the general sixes, given how few dice you get. But, yeah, man, I mean, oh, if you roll sixes, sixes, certainly Warcry does a lot better every time you roll a six. That's it. Uh-huh. I mean, That's it. it it sounds like the the reason this works is because of the reaction. It's a cog right? in the machine. It's a very yeah. necessary cog in the machine to give chip damage to get closer. Because when I didn't have to, they weren't that low. And then I was re- relying on the reaction to come to me. And that wasn't doing enough to take advantage of that. They also just, 
play with great range. So you get a lot of shots. So people want to get engaged because people don't want to mm-hmm. sit there and get shot, right? Like you're right. not just going to give free opportunities. Uh, they give good sight range on that. And then they just kind of like chill out, offer the rune mark at that point. So like you're paying 120 for good range, decent chip damage and a rune mark and high toughness on it. Do mm-hmm. they do anywhere what you'd want them to do from other factions? No. Like, Dan's 100% right. They're so mediocre looking, but they just are a necessary cog in the machine for it. For me, at least, I mean, there's probably lists without it. I've only really been playing into one style, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've certainly got the rune marks that it tells you you're supposed to play. So certainly yeah. when you do the sort of build the machine, I think you need one, but um, I think... Their stats being what they are is almost the reason why, if I were going to do Cities of Sigmar, I would probably go the other way and just ignore all the rune marks and only play the weirdos. Um, They're value town, man. They're so good. I'd love to just cover the weirdos. My favorite one being Whisperblade. Um, 100%. 100%. For everyone at home, look at... Oh, you'll have to scroll up a little. Uh, oh, for everyone at home, down. look down. at the uh, Zangor it? Mutant for Zinch oh, Arcanites. Right the Zangor Mutant is the best fighter in Zinch Arcanites. It is 85 points for a profile of 4314, uh, 5 move, 3 toughness, and 15 wounds. Um, and like a pretty uh, an ability that's really bad, but it is relevant. Um, this is five less. If you were like, would you rather have one move or plus one crit on four dice? You'd probably say plus one move most of the time, but it'd be close. And so the fact that you don't pay five for it, the fact that you, um, you know, the every extra sort of five points at these lower costs is worth a lot more than five points at the higher costs. Um, and the fact that the Zangor Mutant is the best fighter in Zinch, and this is better, is just really nice. Um, you can just roll dice to your heart's content. You can't spam them, because I think if you're going to use profiles like 4315, you want to outnumber your opponent so that you are fighting fighters who have already acted. And um, this has the wounds, 15 wounds. You have the wounds to sort of wait until close to the end of the round on these but yeah generally if you can just get into these situations where you're double attacking on fighters who have already acted um you can just delete things so fast with eight dice with five crit right um Mm -hmm. i mean you can just it's it's wild what you can do with them so that's really cool uh the only reason i won't say it's like far and away the best is that you know our counter meta being what it is the fact that i think in my opinion you can probably only run like three of them i wouldn't want to go into something like here's my six whisper blade war well now that i say that i kind of do want to do it just to <laughs> just to have that fun um maybe it's a lot of wounds. <laughs> it is a lot of wounds and maybe you just like you just eat the counters on your first couple activations, and then after that, you're good. Um, right. I don't know, but but yeah, I think three whisper blades. I don't think I would want. 
I don't want to live in a world where I'm playing Cities of Sigmar and I'm not at least running three Whisper Blades, at least personally. I think. Do you like- do you like their ability? So their ability is that no. um, on a what is it? It's on a quad. Quad. It's the quad. biggest gotcha in this game, and it's <laughs> you- the greatest. I've used it twice, and. It doesn't matter the value. You roll three dice on a four up. You just remove one of their banked wild dice. And it's oh. the greatest thing in the world for making somebody irrationally upset with you. Yeah, I don't. I love the idea that it's attacking a saved resource. You're a spy getting intel. Sick, thematic. Yeah. But the best part is the person who turns red and just gets irrationally upset. It's so good. <laughs> I've wasted my wild die to make a quad just to rip their quad or rip their wild die away for next round. Like it's the best. That's awesome. It's the Especially best. Especially since I mean the you know, like I've had so many players that are like learning to play war Warcraft and they're like, What what do I do with this wild die? It's the first turn. Like, what should I do? And I'm like Save it. bank it. Bank it. Like you always bank it your first round pretty much, right? Yeah. I mean, unless you have an absolute plan with it, um, you know, you you bank it and um Dude, round two be hilarious if you're just like, yeah, no, it's good. You know? <laughs> the tempo, the value off 80 points. Yeah. that's It's really funny. It makes me laugh. I mean, people are like, oh, Rampage. And you're like, no, give me one of your wild dice. Or two or three of them, maybe. Yep. You know? Oh, could you imagine if you banked like two or three wild dice? Someone I mean, has spite oh. or what's not spite. It's the uh, blessing that gives the extra wild die. I think oh. that's the real dream in, in winning Warcry Bingo is they save two of their like banked wild dice from one from the blessing, one from first round, <laughs> and you just strip them so they wasted time and resources. It would be phenomenal. I'd just call the game right there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You won. You're you're done. You're done. Yeah. The means are great, but beyond the means, I actually would like this fighter even if it didn't have an ability. I think it's a really right. great sure. it's a really great yeah. fighter. Um the fact yeah. that it has an ability or the fact that it has an incredible profile and gives you memes is like everything everything you could want the other incredible meme that is like also just way too strong for for being a meme is yeah. this stupid <laughs> the stupid soul shepherd um three seven you get five dice you don't do a lot of damage with that five dice but 70 points or 14 wounds right you you're doing fine here, right? This is just chaff to stand on a point and not die. Um, it still has these weirdos. You would think they don't get the faction reaction, but if you've got like a War Hulk around, they still get the super reaction. Um, so you could have a War Hulk and all weirdos, and your weirdos still get like the full, you know, they get like three quarters of the synergy that's available to the rest of the army. And so. Uh, this burger mage just sitting on a point, shooting everything around. Uh, the, now, to we had a conversation a long time ago, Justin. If you remember off air, me complaining about bliss barbs when you accidentally uh-huh. wanted them to be good. The <laughs> average damage oh, yeah. to activation on the burger mage is one point six seven. Um, the uh, <laughs> The modal outcome is that you do two damage with it, mm-hmm. which is not very good. But for a 70-point range fighter, that's that's not the end of the world, right? You, once you get into position, you're going to shoot twice. 
you're gonna do you know probably three damage which is not very good but the fact that all of your burger mages are um shooting the same thing is all you know ranged damage is just inherently more powerful than melee damage for you know dozens of reasons that we could talk about another time uh so the burger mage the soul shepherd um i think is really cool i don't this is another one I wouldn't want to totally spit. Then again, range damage, it stacks well because everyone's attacking the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. But you're tempted. Live the dream, Daniel. Yeah, so and, and Dan, he's got the... them anyway because yes. of the command core box costing two hundred dollars oh, yeah. to only get one of them. So um I would spend, you know, if I liked if I was into Cities of Sigmar, you could get me to spend 110 on two Command Core boxes for two Whisper Blades and two Soul Shepherds and, like, do do the Command Core box because I think they come with one of the heroes that's pretty good. Um, they come with the Arch Knight, who you wish was a little better, but that's okay. He's, He's still so playable. Sick looking, dude. He's so um, sick. I think they come with the Sergeant at Arms, too. Uh, the command box comes with the Soul Shepherd, the War Surgeon, the Great Herald, the Whisper Blade, uh, the Arch Knight, and the Little Doggy. Oh, okay. The so weird, it's weird not the Sergeant at Arms; it's the Great Herald. The Sergeant at Arms is just a uh, the leader option for a Steel Helm. Yeah, right. Um, but the Great Herald isn't bad either. Um, it gives you a bonus move action, I think. It's insane. Mm-hmm. With ins- everything yeah, within six, warriors. yeah. Each friendly fighter gets a bonus move action within six yeah. inches, as long as that's they're pretty within. insane. So that's pretty incredible. So to me, more and more actually him. now, the double command core box warband is seeming really spicy. Now, the interesting thing about this is a lot of times you would consider him to be um, with that kind of ability, you would a leader. But they didn't make him a leader, which means he can't be allied in with anybody else, you know. And I think that that's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. No, but it's also faction locked too. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. bounces itself out because imagine like. Otherwise, shuffling. I just put two two annihilator primes and right. two yeah. boxes would just yeah. be like it done and dusted. Nothing else right. you need to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember. Remember when he jogged casually six inches for nothing? Yeah, it's fine. Right. Like, <laughs> two um, it's two a, great it's heralds, incredible. two annihilator primes, four whisper blades. I mean, you've got, yeah. you know, and a couple soul uh, soul uh, shepherds. Right there's your army. <laughs> yeah, I do think two command core boxes would make a pretty good warband. And getting like the free moves on these whisper blades. Yeah. Um, actually, getting, yeah. All the kind of so that's, that would be really good. That's where I put this weirdo, uh, the great Harold weirdo, because his face, if you look at the, I had to put a uh, pauldron from a stormcast to cover his grill because his face is, is really not great. It's not in good shape. Oops, it looks like he's trying to blow and yell at the same time. And it's, just, it's, it's just like that's all this. it is. So oh, I covered that up immediately. Look at that. Man. Look at that. That's horrifying. <laughs> he looks like a painting. At, like that's horrible. And um, I covered his grill up. But the I think job is actually being really kind to this face here. It, it is, is kind to the face. You they went see for a darker skin tone, so you couldn't necessarily see. But like the fact that it comes with 
sort of folds in the skin here. Uh, I could imagine. Like so, so the best part is that really it has this. The best part is it has this chin <laughs> strap right here, but it looks like the triple chin. Bro, this right? is this is the model. <laughs> this is the model in real life. Ready? <laughs> That's it. That's it. You're done. It's horrific. Nobody wants your to see eyes weren't wide enough. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll try again. <laughs> the dude looks like someone's legs got blown off in front of him, and he's just like, to me, warriors? Like, Sigmar. No. But I will tell you, I run him in the group with the ogre and the whisper blade because they have no rune marks, mm. so they benefit double from the ogre. So basically, mm. if the ogre... A lot of people try picking on the whisper blade, Dan, because they're not kind people in this world. Okay, and they'll try to shoot him down, and I'm like, okay, double react. He's on fours. You're gonna reflect two. He's got 15. He's alive. Oh, he can't move. Well, guess what? He's getting a free move, so I I don't lose too much tempo by reacting. Yeah, and that's exactly what it's for, and it's towards him. So not only the important part is it's make a move towards him, so you get everybody back in the formation. Yeah. Or you, you drag everybody. And you can be kind of like, it's it's really kind with the way you move towards him as long as you're moving closer to him, right? So it's it's really essential. So you can go with the Ogre Warhol, shoot, shoot, then move, or move, shoot, Did you and then just get run a free one? Move. I run one, and I'll never run okay. more than that because I never want to paint another one again in my life. <laughs> I, I, I posted on Dan's Discord. It is, it pains, it was pains, it came out gorgeous, but like it's painstaking. Yeah. That's the funny. trim, it's like Zinch on these guys. Yeah, it's, I look, I see they're it. as bad as Zinch. Um, and then the last one from the Command Core box that I also think is pretty good is um, this stupid gargoyle mascot. It's Pokemon. just purely anytime you get 10 wounds for 50 points, lock it in. You know? Lock it in, baby. Like, yeah, Pokemon Arcanite. Look at this guy going in. Mm-hmm. So 50 points for 10 wounds is just like always worth it. Um, he still gets to react too. He can make the reactions yeah. off your dudes. Wow! Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Beast rune mark. I found that lately the fighters that have been coming out with the beast rune mark have just been really powerful. I think they've been correctly pricing how much of a disadvantage the beast rune mark is, um, just in terms of not being able to grab treasures. Um, maybe they've got some like terrain coming with doors but not being able to go through doors, yeah. <laughs> depending on what board you're on, not being able to deal with doors can be like a really big, especially poor ogre, sorry, total total side thing, Gorger Maw Pack on the OG terrain. Because oh you know how like, the very original nightmare. terrain, there's doors everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> Gorger yeah, Maw horrible. Terrain is like unplayable because they can't go through any of the doors. <laughs> um, so I cannot believe they gave them all beast room marks. Like, ugh. well, you can use a double to get them through a door. That's the most action economy I've ever heard in this day and age. Double <laughs> go through a door. This is we're we're playing an RP that you never anticipated of using doubles yeah. to go through doors. I think you guys need to get on the 2024 work ride with me. Yeah, that I makes sense. If, if Gorger <laughs> Mawpack had no rune mark, or like no beast rune mark, and at those prices, uh, they'd be unbeatable in treasure missions because of how fast yeah. they are and yeah. being able to charge. Like, it would just be a problem. You would have no way to deal with them on a treasure mission. So I get 
I get why they did it because otherwise they would have had to give them way worse points. But but either way, um, just everything released in the last like three months with the Beast Rinmark, I feel like has been just costed really aggressively mm-hmm. as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I think my favorite faction um, when I started this game, it's no longer my favorite, but Corn Demons, if their beasts were priced the way current yeah. beasts are priced, they'd be like a legitimately really good, maybe not tier one, but like they'd be a really good faction. Um, yeah. But uh, unfortunately they're not, but new beasts are coming in like really aggressively pointed and i think that's cool i think having a couple beasts in every war band can be very worth it all right let me let me ask you this and this is um you know not cities related but um if we if you guys think that we're like an orphan year away from you know four four uh you know i guess three dot oh for us um do you think that we're going to get like a Tome of Champions or an updated points list that like maybe bring like corn doggos into into like right right price like into kind of two dot five standards? Because a lot of these factions that are coming out right now, I consider them two dot five, um, yeah. you know, rather than just two dot oh. Um, because even if you compare them to um, the Rottmeyer Creed and stuff like that, like. Those those are those were great compared to one but the ones coming out now really feel like two dot five to me. Yeah, so, there's um, sort of a there's a complexity creep in design that is yeah. making the newer warbands yes. um, just more powerful. I mean, one of the things you know we used to complain about is that there aren't enough abilities that you're excited to run, and yeah. they're changing that, which is great. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. I think. We kind of got our first hints at it with like Royal Beast players coming mm-hmm. out, you know, what was that, nine months ago? Yeah. And um, yeah, absolutely. And the new ones definitely have a different design sensibility than anything else that came before. So, do you think we're going to get like a points document or like a Toma Champions or something like that for, uh, you know, next, like this spring, summer? In the next three months no but in the next nine months i kind of think yes i think we're going to see a small little fact to fix something irrelevant and then we're (laughs) going to see and then we're going to see like the addition of the death gorge because i need my 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 new cruel boys in there uh and then uh i'm I'm with dan at first i was like oh we're gonna see it it's the year it's gonna be a big points update you might see some stuff pulled but i think they're gonna wait until a big compilation of next edition and then, uh-huh. and then hopefully, hopefully we see it by fourth. Would be because really we're awesome. missing. I mean, we're missing some. We're missing some new models out there, like with the orcs and a ton, you know, a ton yeah. of models, new Seraphon and all that stuff, right? So I think, we're yeah, I think they're going to give it to us like right when they're when they're done giving us new models. So we've got this this thing that they're going to show us at LVO, and then we've got two mm-hmm. more mystery war bands, and then it's going to be like, hey, Warcry, you're going to have like a bit of a dry spell here. So here's some new points updates. Here's some new rules for you to chew yeah. over. Um, okay with I that. Think, yeah, yeah I, I think too. To add on what you said, I know we're we're straying away from COS right now, but the the design of the past like four or five bespoke warbands are so phenomenal, yeah. and fun yep. and engaging, yes. and it makes me want to take them over Compendium, and I think that's a big stealth to the 
to the company as a whole, and yep. most of them are playable in AOS, like the Monster Killers with yeah. Big Wog or Crow Boys is a phenomenal unit to have. So that helps boost sales, which is another thing that's great is the duality yeah. of being able to play in AOS in here because that's what they care about. James right. Workshop told me so. And then he listens to the show. He does. He told me. He's a big admirer. Um, it's good. He he also. I mean, uh, I think it's it's hopefully they come in this design like what you said. It's like almost like two point five. I think that's really smart, and I think that's like pretty dead on because this design. I hope it chokes out a lot of like just I'm gonna bring my like whatever, and it just keeps building all these awesome bespoke war bands like in Kill Team. And to the point mm-hmm. where it's like, whoa, like you can take a one box monster killers and be completely fine in a local game store tournament. Like no problem with it. Yeah. Um, you might not be like if somebody rolls up with like a KO list, like you're not going to have a great time. But like, I think they're all like really, really, really fun with interesting abilities. And they're, they're really in, in the right spot for the right design. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They've been doing a great job for sure. Yeah, for sure. I grabbed three of the four that just came out. The three of the which four. One, which one did you not grab? Did you not grab Gorgers? Wilder Corpse. I didn't grab Wilder Corpse okay. just because mm-hmm. aesthetically I didn't like them. And Gorgers, I still haven't. Um, why do you hate puppies? Table, but what? why do I hate puppies? Dude, okay. <laughs> I, we might have to cut this from the podcast. It's so far afield, but I just this last weekend <laughs> took my daughter to a dog show, like American Kennel Club and everything. Okay. Right? Do we oh, the stays in. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And it's so cool. She was so into it because, like, you're walking around the floor. They have the little, like, stages in the middle of this big area. Um, and then around the floor, like, various dog toy vendors and dog treat vendors. And people are bringing their dogs. And there's uh, 1,500 dogs in the building. I will tell you, I don't think of myself as being allergic to dogs. I like nine, nine out of 10 dogs I meet. I have no reaction. I don't even think about possibly being allergic. There was a free, there was a showing of these like white fluffy dogs. Imagine a Burmese mountain dog, but half the size. Uh Uh, And the, the owners, they're incredibly cute. Some of the cutest a lot of the cutest dogs I've ever seen. A lot of really cute dogs from breeds I don't think of as cute, but once you actually groom them, they're super cute. Uh, they The breeders had all like given them baths and were blow drying them to make them fluffier. And my daughter led me through the cloud of white fur in the air. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, I am You're not done. allergic to dogs, but I never recovered. I didn't recover until I woke up the next day. Like oh that's when gosh. I was finally okay again. Yeah, I get some Benadryl <laughs> in you. That's yeah. seriously, seriously, that's funny. So I imagine Dan now like painting these dogs, being like, "Hut you, hut you!" Like, <laughs> <He's just> like, <laughs> like just yeah, like right next so, to it. Um, no, but like aesthetically, I wasn't super into them, and I don't really like ranged war bands. Um, yeah. I, you know, I recognize they're powerful. I just don't, I feel like the game is at its most compelling when two people are fighting on board. I like having like one ranged sniper in my lists. I think that's really fun, but I don't like when, I don't like when you are like correct to take a gun line. I don't like when that's the case. 
I, uh, my first competitive warband I ever had was uh, Skinks when Skinks were good in 1.0. Mm -hmm. and it was not fun i like regretted it terribly well dan let me welcome you to the reaction of what we've just been talking about so when people want to take these hunter huanchi wannabes to the table and try to play dual crossbow spam or arbalester spam and all of a sudden they have 12 health yeah <laughs> yeah keep them honest dan that's what we're going to do here in the cities we're going to keep them all honest that's right what all I right, like to wrap do up. with Warbands is this Achillean King here, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that works too. Um, all right, so yeah, the, let's for wrap, wrap up. up. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, you're wrap, right. up, <clears throat> wrap up our city's uh, discussion. If if you were rating this like out of five stars, how many stars would you give this Warband? Solid four. Four twenty. Four, yeah, four, okay, four twenty. There you go, Rob. Four point two from. Rob, yeah, four point two up for me. Hundred, I would say they're like four out of five. They're in the right spot of where like a compendium team should be, and like yeah. also they have so much more to build into and for people to play with. And you're gonna mm -hmm. see some really cool themes and cool cities, uh, and some cool stuff. Yeah, four. Cool. Yeah. Right on, right on, right on. Okay, um, let's talk about. I know we always do this, Dan. We get to time, but we're, we're going to still, we're going to push ahead because Jason doesn't have to go to bed. We can still do a solid 15, 20 minutes on Blessings. I think that's all, that's, that's all you need, in my yeah. opinion. So yeah. we are going to talk about um, Blessings, and I'm going to pull them up here um, on Warcrier. So, okay. So, Blessings came out in a White Dwarf magazine, right? That was kind of, I think, caught us all a little off guard when it came out because we're all like what 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 is this thing right and, and we looked no at warning. it there was no there was yeah. zero warning i mean classic white dwarfness right like right i mean listen james 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 we love white dwarf none of us subscribe to it and we hate getting rules whoa, in white dwarf whoa, okay? james don't listen to that i subscribe james it's all okay. right fine it's rob okay. subscribes calm down you don't speak for all of us here okay <laughs> just relax justin Justin Danger Smith of not listen, subscription to Wardrobe. That's why they call me Danger. I don't have a subscription to White Dwarf. Subscription. <laughs> He's not going to listen anymore. What do you do? I too know? live dangerously. Um, so, so uh, it came out in White Dwarf, and it was kind of like, "What is this thing?" And the hilarious thing is, like, it came out like somehow James likes to do this to me at Nova where he likes to drop these weird rules. I mean, we had 2.0 drop literally two weeks before Nova opened in uh, 2022, right? And well, that then, was cool. You um, just had to, like, set the thing, and then, yeah, yeah. cool. Oh, yeah, well, let me tell you, the deliberation was not that cool, because we're like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? You know? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, James decides to drop this in the summertime of this year, you know, like, right before Nova opened as well. So everybody's saying, like, can we use Blessings? Can we use Blessings? And it was, like, it hadn't been, like, tested enough to really see, like, if it was, like, OP or not. Like, my initial reaction was, like, I don't care. Let's use it. Sounds fine to me. Like, I don't think anything's too overpowered here. Um, but then I was, like, like, I just, not everybody has White Dwarf yet. Not everybody has, like, all of this stuff. And I just don't want to, like, run a major tournament with this, like, sort of gotcha rule in it that nobody's used to playing yet. Um, I will say this for the record. For anybody who's listening, next year at Nova, Blessings will be allowed. 
Okay. So I will allow, like, we will allow blessings there because I don't, I, I think that we have shown that blessings aren't going to tip the scale so much that all of a sudden, like, factions are uber broken. Right. Um, I don't think I had that data in August of 2023 to know that. And so, mm-hmm. um, but this gives us a good opportunity now in January 2024, like maybe I what, six, seven months after Blessings has come out, to know um, whether or not this um, is good for the game or not. So let's start it off with this. Dan, do you think that Blessings is good for the game or not? Uh, if I have to only say yes or no, I would say yes, they are good for the game. Okay. And, and Rob, what do you think? Yeah. Yes. In a yes or no context. Yes. They're good for the game. Okay. Okay. I also no think way is all we need, right? Like, good. Did it. All right. The conversation's over. I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, no. <laughs> I was going to say, I also think that like, if it's a yes or no, like it is good for the, good for the game. And my biggest reason why, and I'll let you guys kind of chime into this too. My biggest reason why is that there are plenty of factions out there that when you try to build them, and I'm thinking Iron Jaws comes to mind, you know, Bone Splitters comes to mind. When you build them, you end up at 975 every single time. It doesn't how it doesn't matter how many times you configure the thing. I mean, and and this goes along with the factions that you talked about earlier in the show, Dan, which is like this faction uses up 750 points and I'm just trying to figure out what to do with the last 250 inevitably you're going to like leave 40 to 60 points on the cutting room floor somewhere you know and so like what do you do with that because if you can go if you take your 940 point list against a list that has a thousand points on the money you're either going to be out like you're not going to have enough firepower or you're probably going to not have enough body Right to counter yeah. to counter that, and so I think blessings kind of helps make that up. But I'm interested in hearing why you guys do like blessings, why you do think it, it's good for the game. I'm also interested in hearing why you guys don't think that it's good for the game. So we're, now we're getting into the gray, not the total yes or no, black and white, right? Um, yeah. Dan, why, why don't you tell us like what your what your thoughts on blessings are? So I'm totally on the positives outweigh the negatives. You know, okay. Um, I think that some of the weird blessings create the possibility for warbands that would just never work otherwise. Like I think spite where you get one free reaction per battle round allows you to do things that you would never be able to do otherwise. Um, it actually makes the, when we eventually get to cities of Sigmar dwarves, it's uh, very exciting over there. Um, it's, it's cool. It's very exciting for Zinch demons, which were basically non-functional. And now, like, mm-hmm. I have a friend who's going to bring Zinch demons to uh, the tournament. We're up to 16 players. The tournament oh, that awesome. we're going to run uh, this Saturday. Um, you know, I, there's a lot that you can do. It's only a couple factions that really care about this, but there were factions that were non-functional that are now functional because mm-hmm. of the spite blessing. And that's wonderful. Um, I also, like... I really like what you said as far as um, when you just have a list that doesn't get to a thousand points when you're just stuck at 980 and there's just no way to make the math work. feels great mm-hmm. to be able to just say like, I'll maybe just use one of the various 15 point blessings. I think that they really nailed, I think having three 
or sorry, four 15-point blessings for cheap models is <coughs> just really, really nice and really smart. Um, mm-hmm. As far as, like, if you end at 985, if you end at 970, being able to just, like, put a couple points in there and, you know, maybe having actually a little bit of a skill expression in terms of which things do you choose. Um, I think that that's pretty cool in an event context where you are under the gun in terms of what you will choose. Uh, I think, um, you know, something like uh, TTS or sort of local game store leagues where you get to sit down and decide, you know, for half an hour before the game. I think they're pretty bad in that context because you will get, you will choose the correct blessing every time. And that's uh-huh. any time in the game where you are guaranteed to get the right answer. I think we're in a problem space there, but, but I think that those are all good things. Um, I would think the things that aren't good, I would say plus one attack. Ogroid Myrmidons are as annoying as you, as we all thought they might be. Um, <laughs> I think that plus one attack I don't know if Gutlord, I assume Gutlords, I haven't played one, I haven't played against a plus one attack Gutlord, but I'm assuming if the Myrmidon is annoying at 295, I'm assuming the Gutlord at 310 is also just as annoying. Can um, confirm, love, it's really yeah. good. I'm running it in league right now. It, <laughs> it makes things a laughing talk. Yeah, um, plus one move FOMO Crusher is absolutely oppressive in terms of you know that thing one of the things that balances it is that the base is hard to move around but for 25 more points adding one move to that base so it's on move six that like completely changes the game in terms of how you can position it uh it becomes really annoying i think the things that are really the really good blessings are annoying um is what i would say and Mm -hmm. that is the one negative but at the end of the day like who cares if tournament players have an annoying exploit that we have to deal with like that's something that we can figure out but for Mm -hmm. for everyone who's not trying to foro a tournament um i think blessings have made the game better and more interesting all right rob what what do you think well i'm gonna start with the negative first on one the rich get richer right like yeah. a four attack gut lord for three ten just feels insane wrong. right now. It is because so they were already wrong. good. Right? They were yeah. already good, and then you're just like, well, let's just a little totally. bit better. Uh, talking about move, did you ever try a four move mega boss? Yeah, <laughs> mega boss yeah. on the charge. Oh yeah, hell yeah. That's, yeah, that's listen, good. got some thick dads in the business, you know. And then guess yeah. what? We got uh, the rich get richer, right? Um. The one thing I, I think the pros heavily outweigh the cons, like you're saying. The one thing I, I love about it is it enables fighters that probably weren't able to be taken before. So the one I'm talking about mm-hmm. in particular uh, is Wielder of the Blade, the Night Haunt Bladeborn leader, um, and he had two attack, two attack profile, five strength, three six. You know, he had some really good utility, but two attacks, dog water for that for hundred. Yeah whatever it is, 80 points, 70 points, give it 25 points and it gets three attacks. And all of a sudden it's, you know, a six flyer that moves around, just chopping little things down and doing some mm-hmm. good work. It makes things like that. I know off meta did something with hunters of Wanchi where he just gave everything four extra wounds and it made them 
so horrifically annoying to deal with. So it enabled a weak army to kind of, or a mid-range army or whatever you want to say, mid-tier, to be a little bit more durable, which was really Mm -hmm. cool. There's a lot of skill expression in it, like Dan was saying. And like, if you're doing Flexi Blessing, where you can go and recognize like, hey, you know, they get a lot of chaff. I don't need extra toughness. I just need extra wounds or, hey, but then there's sometimes like, I think if you do build, I think the one bad thing too is it sets up a lot of traps for new players. Uh, not everybody's a degenerate uh, tournament player. And, you know, like I have from September's league till now and also casual play, I think I have close to probably over 60 something games, which is unhealthy and unreasonable. <laughs> and listen, it is what it is. I love this game, but I notice a lot of new pe- people coming in or when I'm teaching people and showing them the ropes and like, they're asking about blessings. Like they want to add all these blessings. Like it's equipment from kill team. And it's really mm-hmm. not how it works like that. And it ends up making them weaker until they figure out or until they're told or taught that this is not what you should be doing. But as a fill slot, like I got 15, 20 extra points. It's pretty mm-hmm. great. Sometimes I will build with a little bit extra points. Like it, when I was making the wheeler, the blade, I'm like, yeah, I'll leave the 25 points open for him. It's not a problem. Um, but I'll never make a game plan around it. And I don't think casual mm-hmm. or new players are going to really understand that. And they're going to end up hurting themselves and not understanding the game in its totality because they're worried about, can I give it an extra attack or not? Um, so that's yeah, another I was going to, I was going to ask, would you ever sacrifice a fighter for blessings? Only in a very rare case. Very, very rare. case. I, I would. Yeah. I would in some yeah. cases, but very rarely. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people do that and like in play testing and it just ends up worse all the time. Yeah. So I I very, the body would have to be very relevant to what I'm doing. Um, But I rarely would give it up to be like, give my guys one extra crit. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I'll just take the extra activation. It's way more important. Right. Exactly. And I think the fact that most blessings are actively making your warband worse was really, I think that's necessary from like a competitive point of view. I think it was really interesting when they were new, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the amount of times I wrote like, Three out of four lists with blessings are just bad, and and people were just like, you know, like I've I've said that a few times, and it it gets a bit of a reaction, but it's becoming less and less true. People are figuring out the good ones, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And there's this thing where like it takes a lot of skill to figure it out, but then once someone's figured it out, once other people have figured it out, you see it. It t- starts taking less and less skill each time, and it yeah. becomes. It turns from something that distinguishes a player who's like really putting the thought in and playing with a ton of, ton of care, distinguishes them from a medium player, but doesn't you know do the yeah. other. It's going from that to distinguishing medium players from new players, which is fine. There's going to be, right? Every bump up in skill is going to do that. But, you know, having pub stomp moments for newish players is tough. It's not um, good. Let me let me is, pull the thread through mean, on that. It's happening. It's not good. Let, let me pull the thread through on that just a little bit, Dan. Um, which is you know the idea of like you know uh, higher skill players kind of put in the effort to play test and figure out which one they are, you know, and then you know it's a lower barrier to entry basically for the ones that see that that it's working basically is what you're saying, right? And so um, every so time, my, yeah, every time yeah. someone does it, the barrier to entry to doing it again 
lower. It's way lower. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, I went the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the question, the question that I have is, um, like, does does having blessings in your list require um, more skill at piloting your uh, warband, or does it does it not really matter in terms of the play on the thing? Like, you guys going to have one extra attack or one extra move, and that's just it, or does adding that in there require you to like get the most out of your blessings, higher skill to play your warband? Does that make sense? More um, often than not, I feel like yeah. on my, I'm sorry to cut you off, Dan. Uh, more often than not on my behalf, I don't think it really fundamentally changes things too much. You're just getting okay. a little bit of extra juice in your cup, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but like if you are adding something or adding a lot and you are radically altering the play style, like I know people when they're testing the new flame seekers, the Vulcan flame seekers, a lot of people were just dogpiling points on the crit so they can ignite uh weapons everything so they're having an extra burst moment with it for just like one or two extra points right and um that kind of altered the way they were playing but i in my 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 experiences it really hasn't altered if i'm just adding an extra attack on i'm just gonna get an extra attack like an extra swing on it right 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 yeah i could be wrong that's just my limited perspective on it though i do think it's a situation where if you're specifically at the 985, if you're like, my list costs 985 and I need to figure out, do I want plus one move, plus one toughness, or plus one strength, or plus four wounds, right? You have that like that four-part decision to make. In tournaments, I think that that's really interesting because you only have two minutes to decide before mm-hmm. um, you have to be moving on. And you have only just seen your opponent's warband and you doesn't change it doesn't make it harder to pilot your list but it is this thing that is like the getting the correct answer can turn a game and it Mm -hmm. is very difficult to get the correct answer in that low amount of time but in leagues if you are doing an lgs league like i just finished an lgs league um if you're doing a tabletop simulator league something like that It's like, whatever, right? Because you have plenty of time. You know who you're going to play, you know, ages ahead of time. I recently played someone. We knew what mission we were going to play on and each other's lists uh, six weeks ago, right? It's like, you know which blessing you're supposed to use. And so that it, you know, it's a much less interesting proposition at that point. So I think that's where yeah, prep ahead. comes into for like big tournament players, like, and not everybody's going to do this level of prep, but like, if you are prepping and you've play tested a lot, you'll kind of have the flow chart of, well, if I'm going against this, I'm taking this, if then, then this, and that'll take away the two minute rush of like, well, what do I do? What do I do? Cause then it adds another level. That's just like another piece of mental tax that you have to think through. But if the prep is done and the game testing is done, you can kind of, combat that with that and i think that's i mean that's like an extra overstep for like a high tier tournament player you know but like for anybody new that's like hey how do i get better maybe this is like a good thing for me to listen to definitely look at from a, a stand back and look at it and be like well this is what i would do against here this is what i do against here maybe make a little cheat sheet for yourself like that's something that can help with that yeah that's also that's so um, uh, let me let me take some cons that I think of um, 
blessings. And I had kind of told this to Robin. He laughed at me before. He's like, are you serious, bro? But here's 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 my issue with um, blessings, right? Is that um, I think that a lot of players already have a hard enough time remembering the stats of their models and the abilities of their models. That to oh, them, like, yeah. change, to change, like, oh, I'm going to add one to the move of this guy and remember to actually use it or you know, and be like, oh, crap, I uh, I didn't move him enough one. I mean, there's some a certain level of bookkeeping that mm-hmm. has to happen when you're using blessings that um, I think, especially for especially for new players that don't know where their, their war bands that well, like, it's just going to be very confusing, like, to start messing around with stats and cards and numbers and all that stuff, right? We need tokens. So, we need tokens yeah. for them. Um, yeah. The next time they give us a box set, they better give us blessing tokens. I would get buy a, net, a, like a net token. That'd be great, like a snare yeah, yeah. token for net. Like that's all I want. I would buy a box set if I was medium on the terrain and didn't want one of the warbands. I would buy yeah. the box set specifically for blessing tokens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, I mean, I yeah. it's so annoying. It's so well, annoying. The, the flip side of this is one: the player not remembering that they have their own blessings, but two. The player that's playing against them now has to remember that the person took the blessings and which model it's on. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. And so I'm just like, if I'm used to playing a Dominar that only moves X amount of inches, and all of a sudden, like, I'm like, okay, I'm out of range. And then all of a sudden, he's like, up in my business. And I'm like, wait, oh, crap. Blessings. I forgot about that. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Like, I, and I don't think it's a terrible gotcha move because you do explain it before you play, like, oh, I got blessings on this guy. You know what I mean? But. If you're not if you're not hundred percent like okay, I'm gonna remember every single time that this guy has one extra move or one extra attack or whatever it is, then um I mean I ran into that in a, a tabletop simulator game and it, it was kind of my fault. I ran into a um the Curiarch who um had like one extra toughness and dude like it was so bad um like with my thing. You know, it was my it was my bone splitters, um, big stabba, you know, and I'm like, these guys normally wreck, and they, and he's like, I'm gonna counter with this, and I'm like, why? And I'm like, oh crap, I'd already moved my dude in, and I forgot that he had like blessings on there on that one dude, and I'm like, oh okay, all right, and they ended up like countering and doing so much damage against myself. I killed myself, you know, and I'm sitting here going like, well that sucks because I forgot that he had blessings on there. Do you know what I mean? And so I think there's an element of that that's kind of an issue. Um, can, can I play devil? Can I play devil's advocate for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. You, you disagree right, right, with right, him, right. and then I'll back him up. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Ready? One, your problem is you can't bookkeep because you don't. You're not subscribed to White Dwarf. That's the biggest issue right there. If you had the White Dwarf, <laughs> you, way easier. All I'm right. sorry, James Workshop. I'm two, not subscribed. Two, already paying the consequences. Two. If that was a gut lord and not bone split us, would it be a problem? You wouldn't have to remember stats. You just roll dice and they just disappear. I, again, <laughs> that's another you problem. Three, a, a, an actual serious valid one is in TTS, like your opponent should have right-clicked and just edited it to say plus one T on them. That's the best. I'm sure you did. Way. I'm sure you did too. And I'm, you I know, my TTS skills are not that high, but. It's okay. Yeah. I do. I do agree. Um, it is hard to convey, especially in person, that information, and it leads to a lot of moments. But like that, I've seen like, oh, blessings, but like you're halfway through turn one, or like right. I've seen people like they're about to make an attack. By the way, I got an extra crit, and then you're like, 
I wouldn't even move close. You know, like it, it can, it can, yeah. those can lead to feel bad moments. So I do, um, I do agree with you there. Uh, cause I live my life on TTS cause I have no LGS, uh, that plays yeah. work right near me. I, yeah. I'm so used to editing or like helping new players be like, this is how we show what we have plus one S, you know, plus one, whatever. That way, when you just roll over and highlight it, it's, it's laid out to you. That's, because it's a digital medium, it's not a physical medium. Where if I'm playing against Dan and we have no uh, tokens on the board, because Dan is anti-tokens, and um, we were we were uh, trying to convey what's going on, like it's so hard to be like, "Hey, I got plus one attack by the way on this," or "I got plus one this," or it, "What I have to write it on a piece of paper, print it out, and give yeah. it to you to have a copy of mine, so you can look back and refer." It's taking the simplicity out of what makes Warcry excellent and, and it adds a little bit of a unneeded nuance to it, like unneeded level of difficulty. I do agree with you on that 1000%. Mm-hmm. Um, and, one um, and, I, and I, yeah. Oh, finish your thing. Yeah, finish your thing. I thought you were done. No, no, no. I, I, I completely agree with you, you guys on that. It's That's pretty much what it is. So here's a couple toys. And one of the things that I really agree with in a big way on Justin is, so... These are two toys. This is a Vanquisher Prime and a uh, a Fiend Blood boss, Slakehorn. Mm-hmm. And Slaycorn. you can see the Slakehorn is just a little bit bigger than the Vanquisher Prime. And what do you know? He is just a little bit better at fighting than the Vanquisher Prime. And Warcry is so well designed like this. Almost every model is as powerful in the game as it looks. Now, it's not necessarily as points efficient as it looks, right? Mm-hmm. Like she should be an absolute destroyer of worlds based on like that pose and you know all of that stuff but she's not um because she's not very point sufficient but in terms of how how much she gets done on the board she gets done as much as she looks like she would get done if you put a blessing on one of these these two look like this guy should barely beat her in a fight because they are two of the more impressive models on the board but this guy's bigger and more impressive if mm-hmm. He has a blessing. He doesn't barely beat her. He like just embarrasses her off the wallops her off the table. If she has a blessing, they go toe to toe. They're even fighters. And so it it does. This is like a a lot of like more stat headed people will not care about this. But for anyone who like gets into the cinematography of their games, which um, I actually do a little bit. It does, in my opinion, it doesn't ruin the cinematography, but it it weakens the cinema, yeah, the cinema quality of the game because models stop being about as powerful as they look when they're being blessed. It's a really cool perspective, Dan. I never thought yeah. about that. Very small nitpick, but Justin's point. Um, like his tracking point reminded me of this thing that's like never quite settled with me and i finally Mm -hmm. figured out why now i think if there were a way like you said if we had tokens or if we had a way to clearly mark like hey this one on the board i can see the token next to it it has a plus one attack or whatever it is um all of that would go all the bookkeeping issues all of that stuff would go away because we would instantly remember every time we looked at that model on the board if I have to get a piece of paper beforehand and say like, okay, oh, this one has blessings, I'm never going to refer to that paper again because I'm busy playing on the board, you know. And so, um, 
you know, I, I think I think there's ways to do this. And, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe we need to go to Etsy or something and, and get some custom tokens for this or something and, you yeah. know, figure, figure yes. it out because I think it's actually not a terrible idea. to we, uh, What I see is the really the only con I have of blessings is this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so I think if we could overcome that, then it's not a big deal. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really cool thing because a while ago we were thinking about how to design tokens in the TTS mod to represent this other than typing it out. And we came with like, I made a whole sheet of like icons you can use. I didn't even think that Etsy was a, a, uh, like a way to do it. Like swiftness would just be mm-hmm. a boot with a little wing on it to show it's fast. You know, resilience is a shield yeah. fortitude's a yeah. little plus bar, like a, like a yep. cross for whatever the heart icon, uh, you know, same thing. Ferocity attack characteristics could be like, you know, an extra sword swing might could be an arm flexing. Like there's so many little yeah. things. That's so, that's so I didn't Nothing even get on that. it. You got to do T and B branded blessing token. Now we need it. Exactly. <laughs> then you, you might be able to afford up and save for your $300 white door subscription this year. It'd be really good. <laughs> um, get in on the ground floor. Yeah. Exactly. Balance wise, ferocity needs to be 35 points instead of 30, or maybe even 40 points for elite points value. That's the only yeah, like 1000%. Uh, balance wise, blessings are pretty close to correct, but they're not quite. Ferocity is correctly valued for regular, but not nearly expensive enough for big. Um, so that's just a thing I think uh, <laughs> is annoying for competitive play. So let, let me, me ask you this because you're yeah, the you're the stats and numbers guy. Damn, I'm sorry, Justin. No, um, no, you're good. Do you think them showing this kind of reveals their hand at the algorithm they use to build points into Ooh, uh, models? Because like I've tried to like put it in my head, but I have a pretty smooth lizard brain, so I figured you would probably have a better insight of that than I would. Um, I don't think so i think that they did this i think that they looked at their algorithm when they did this because these blessings are mostly pointed well right um right mostly pointed correctly but i don't like one of the big things one of the reasons when you break down like how points efficient is a model uh for how much damage it does when you math out the damage and how fat you know how much it moves around the board etc all the most points efficient models are either the cheapest models or the most expensive models. And it's because that they don't, they don't um, take into account with their points algorithm, how different stats multiply each other on the board, right? Like, like movement multiplies damage because you get your damage into position better, right? So movement isn't necessarily, uh, equally valuable on different fighters some fighters each point of movement is more valuable than others etc so like that's why mid-range fighters are so bad um i i don't think that they'll their algorithm accounts for that whereas this technically does with their attempt right. at like doing it by wounds but it also definitely means that they're like major winners and major losers of of these blessings like i do think for sure. one cool thing about it is that like bespoke leaders are a bit of a winner because they're all two, 22 points 22 wounds mm-hmm. or less yeah. um i think that that's why they chose 22 wounds as the cutoff mm-hmm. um is because that's the bespoke leader cutoff um 
so that's kind of cool but it does make like weird losers out of it too like um right you know i was thinking about the brute boss with boss choppa recently because i just i just got weird brute recas they like fit perfectly to for being brute bosses um because they're just like slightly chunkier brutes and i was just like looking at that profile of 3636 and just thinking like man that's just big like it needs a blessing to be to be good but then if you're or like to for me to really want it but then if you're going to do that you may as well just take a mega boss and bless the mega boss because right, right. It, it gives really certain dudes have certain points that just don't line up with what they need i do right. agree with that I like mean, a 25 like, wound model blessing it is terrible <clears throat> like a stormcast prime um like why would you ever bless a stormcast prime when you could you mm-hmm. know, bless something huge so that part's tough right all right, so to to round this out, to round this discussion out, I think it's been a really good one. Um, do you think that blessings will become a part of three Do you think that so? Do you think they'll be baked in like reactions were baked into two I hope I so. I think blessings and well, I no longer think allegiance abilities will be baked into three I think that they tried. But the fact that they haven't kept putting them in white dwarfs, yeah. I think, means they maybe got some negative feedback, or maybe they just did too, and were like, "All right, we nailed it. We can't show our hand anymore." <laughs> no. Right. Uh, but I do think blessings will be in three I think the fact that they put it out in this white dwarf, and we are using it and still using it, and no one's complaining, um, I think is a big deal, and I think it'll be there. Yeah, I. I think it. I think it's really interesting that they threw out, threw this out in the white dwarf, and it was almost like, "Go ahead, people, play test this for us, and we'll see how it goes." Rather than stick it into the rules and make it a real thing, you know what I mean? It was like, "This is totally optional. You can use it if you want to." And the community kind of like, "Well, let's try it out." And they kind of, we kind of play tested it for them, you know, which isn't a bad thing. Like I think that that's a great thing. Like, yeah. l- please, James, listen to us. We will we will beta beta play test your rules, and we'll let you know what we think about it. You know, and um, and I think this is a great example of that. And I I do think that it will be in there as a rule. Um, they may list it as an optional rule still, right? But it will be yeah. right there alongside the rule set that you can get in any core rule book. So I think you so won't have too. to go digging for it in a white dwarf article, you know. And speaking yeah. of reasons to subscribe to white dwarf, I really wish that they would keep putting in new allegiance abilities in white dwarf because yeah, um, the one game I had of Eidnethikin versus Gloomspite Gits with both of us playing our allegiance abilities was so cool. The Gloomspite one was incredible. Like the, mm-hmm. the gameplay out of the Gloomspite one was so awesome. And uh, the Aina Deepkin one was so annoying because <laughs> it's complicated because they tried to do the same allegiance ability the, that they have in AOS of the like tides of water or whatever it is. Right. Where they like dictate yeah. to you what you're good at every round. And in round four, you're just bad at everything because um, you're supposed <laughs> awesome. to be running away. <laughs> yeah. um, so it was just so annoying because like the flow of a Warcry game is a little different than the flow of a. Of an AOS game, and so like yeah. in round four in a Warcry game, you're trying to like aggressively scoop the last points on the board up, whereas 
the the allegiance ability being like, hey, in round four, Ident Deepkin literally can't tie their shoes, and you get minus everything. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. So, like, this is not what I want. Um, but it was a really exhilarating game because it was like the Gloom Spite one was really cool, and I wish that they would do more of those for us to play test. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, gentlemen, this has been a great show. Rob, thank you for coming on and joining us. Uh, loved having your opinions on Blessings and on Cities of Sigmar, and it's really nice to um, have your guys' experience who have played against it or played with it uh, to have that on there. So uh, you are welcome back anytime, sir, if you want to come back and chat with us for sure. And Dan, your wisdom, as always, is appreciated here on our Winning War Cry podcast, and we love having you on here. And uh, little toys in front of my yeah. webcam for you. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I'm so jealous our- that you have access to models. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I should bring one to show on the, the camera. I'm like, no, nah, I don't think I should do that. My background is just like a, a playground for kids' toys. I don't have anything <laughs> cool. I'm really upset. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to our show tonight. If you've got uh, you know your opinions on Blessings, if you've got your opinions on Cities of Sigmar, Jump into our Discord. The link is below. We love having everybody here. Um, we had some great conversations about Warcry on our Discord, and uh, you know, plus all the usual chicanery that happens with uh, a bunch of dudes talking about little plastic dolls. So you know, it's good times uh, all around, and uh, we will. We appreciate all your support that you give, and we will see you all at the tables. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs>